It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. With the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Thanks for being with us. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do so wherever you get your audio. Just look up Silver and Black today. Subscribe and hit the auto download button for us. We would appreciate that. And I say us as I bring in my broadcast partner. That is the national NFL writer over at BleacherReport.com. Of course, that is one Mo Moten. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You follow me on Twitter as well at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. Mo, we're in the doldrums of summer, but some sad news in the world of Raider Nation as legendary offensive lineman Bob Brown passed away at 81 years old over the weekend. Uh, a Hall of Famer, just an amazing, one of the best offensive linemen in history and the Raider Nation loses a, a good one, a great, great player. Of course, he lived in Oakland and um, originally from Ohio, but our condolences out to the Brown family. Yeah, absolutely. We lose another former Raider. Uh, it, sh- it also goes to show how old we're getting. Uh, <laughs> that that players now that, and uh, Bob Brown's before my time, you know, 70s, 60s and 70s. So yeah. before my time, but goes to show how time is flying and now we're, we're losing a lot of a lot of nfl greats a lot of greats period yeah in the world today for sure and and a happy belated father's day to everybody out there who celebrated also belated happy father heavenly father's birthday father's day excuse me to mo's dad my dad both up there maybe they're doing a video together this morning up there. <laughs> doing their own silver and black today up above right yeah saying these <laughs> kids down there what are they doing they don't know what they're doing let's show them how to do it so uh but again i hope you guys all had a wonderful father's day i know i did speaking of who's your daddy um let's talk about the story oh, that came out over the tail end of the week and again I know, you know, our good friend, Kevin, who always puts up the meme about a slow news. It is slow. There's not a lot of news going on. So we're going to talk about this. Um, and no, it's not about a movie, but it's about Derek Carr. Derek Carr, had, I know the Car Wars return, um, had a mea culpa of sorts at the end of the week in an interview, talked about how he felt guilty, he felt bad that he didn't give his best Uh-oh. last year for the Raiders said that not only was it a new offensive system yet again for the player, but also personal things. He was struggling personally. And so it's really interesting. Well, I have some thoughts on this and it's not about beating up Derek Carr. It's not about, you know, trying to make him look bad. Cause I actually, in some ways respect immensely the fact that he admitted this. Uh, but I want to get your first take on it. Cause I thought the reaction and again, I know he's a New Orleans Saint now, and some people say, why are you talking about him anymore? Well, well, move on. 
again, it's a slow week, but nonetheless, it's still, it's still a big deal because remember when all of last year was unfolding and Derek Carr wasn't performing as though he, as he did in 2021, um, there were a lot of folks who wanted to say that that was because of the team around him and that, you know, the coaching staff, the coach was terrible, blah, blah, blah. But Derek Carr steps up and takes responsibility. I want to get your first pass on what you thought about his comments and kind of any kind of enlightening pieces that came out of what he said. Well, first of all, I will say this is a Raiders story simply because he he talked about the Raiders and his time with the Raiders. So this wasn't Derek yeah. Carr making a comment about his time with the Saints. Basically, he said the Raiders didn't get the best version of him. So, yes, this is a Raiders story, so we're going to talk about it. I'm not going to spend, you know, an hour, but we will. <laughs> what I will say about what he said is that I remember, and we, you know, we like to give proper credit on this show. I remember Hondo Carpenter of uh, SI.com wrote a piece, mm -hmm. and I, I'm going to read the quote. One of his bullet points said, one of the players told Hondo Carpenter that when John was out, John Gruden, former head coach of the Raiders, when John was out, I think Derek felt unprotected. Mm. So that stuck out to me because – Hondo also had some um, parts of his piece where he said Derek wasn't himself. Mm -hmm. And meaning by, by, by saying he wasn't himself, he said that Derek was a little more, you know, short tempered, I guess you could say. And I'm using that paraphrase for, um, term, you know, short tempered, mm -hmm. a little more snappier than usual. And if you remember the teary press conference that he had middle of the year, Right, right before they, I believe, right, right after the Colts game, I think it was. Right after the Colts, the loss. Yep. Right after the loss to the Colts, he had a teary-eyed press conference, and to me, um, it it, it signaled a player who felt like it was maybe coming to an end because mm. year after offseason after offseason, Derek Carr basically said, "I'm the quarterback for the Rays until I'm ready to move on." But I think for the first time, going back to that quote from Hanno Carpenter's piece. That Derek Carr felt unprotected for the first time. I think Derek felt like, okay, maybe next year I'm not going to be the quarterback of the race. My time could be up, and I have no control over that. And yes, Derek Carr has gone from system to system. He's gone through multiple head coaches and, and play calls. But this situation was different in that Josh McDaniels came in praising Derek Carr. But if you also read Hondo's piece, he also criticized Derek Carr in front of people. He dressed him a bit in front of teammates. And I think that was a different feeling for Derek Carr. So when Derek Carr says he felt personal challenge, uh, professional challenges, I think that was part of it. He was treated differently under Josh McDaniels than he was under previous regimes. I'm not saying he wasn't criticized by John Gruden, by Dennis Allen, by by De Jack Del Rio. But what I'm saying is that I, I think this was different. The fact that he felt the tide turning on his tenure with the Reds that this may be a point where it's not just criticism. I may be out the following year. So Derek Carr's comments don't surprise me because mm -hmm. I read Hondo's piece and, that's, and I, I didn't say anything about it because I like to speculate on speculation. Sure. But it turns out that a lot of the stuff in Hondo's piece match what Derek Carr said this past week. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm glad you brought that up too because I think to your point about when John Gruden was out, <clears throat> Derek Carr didn't feel as protected. Protected from what is the question? I think you could say protected for sure, because I think John Gruden, for all of the churn, remember all the churn we heard about how John Gruden wanted to get rid of Derek Carr, it was exactly the opposite, opposite. right? Because yeah. we see we see now in New Orleans, John Gruden has been there, and he might have some ongoing involvement with Dennis Allen's team because of Derek Carr being there. So, so all of that speculation was 100% percent completely wrong 
John Gruden went out of his way to protect Derek Carr, probably to a fault, I would say, as we saw. But again, Derek Carr improved under John Gruden. So in some ways, you can't argue with the approach. And so maybe that's the approach. Now, I know a lot of detractors of Derek Carr will say, well, he's soft. See, it shows. Now, whatever you want to call it. Yes, some players have personalities that are different. Derek Carr, we know this from how he would often deflect criticism by saying he didn't care about criticism. Okay. Well, I don't care what people say. Well, no, when when you say what you don't care what people say, that means you do because you're thinking about it and you're talking about it. So I think John Gruden knew this about Derek Carr, which is why he handled him the way he handled him. Then when Josh McDaniels comes in, guess what? It's the opposite. He's got nothing. And, and listen, I don't know about any of you, but we've all been in jobs where we have a boss change. And the boss comes in, maybe you were the previous boss's guy or gal, whoever, and then the new boss comes in and you don't have that relationship and you feel more uncomfortable because you're certain you're not you're not certain about your future. And so that's where Derek Carr got knocked off kind of his game in the way I look at it. Right. So you see that and that's what happened. And to me, that's what comes out of the story so much is the fact that he he didn't feel comfortable. And then, of course, in this piece, too, he mentions the fact there were personal things going on. I don't think that means like family, per se. There could have been. But remember, so many of you went to defend Derek Carr to the death that it was not anything he was doing. But in reality, the truth, Mo, is always more nuanced. We don't know everything that's going on. So you can't dismiss out of hand one reason or the other and i think that that's a big lesson here for all of us not only in the media but for fans to say listen yes the raiders defense sucked last year but so did Derek carr and that was not all the defense's fault what up y'all it's your boy danny green three-time nba champ you either rooted for me or rooted against me join myself and my co-host harrison sanford on the inside the green room podcast it's a podcast that brings you never before told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the nba right now whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops this podcast brings you the game like never before follow inside the green room on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts and it's this is not us criticizing Carr. Carr no, no. basically said, "Yeah, I, you know, I didn't give the rate." His words were, "I didn't give the Raiders the best version of myself because of these professional and personal challenges." Now, I won't speculate what those personal challenges were. He didn't say he he decided to keep that private, so we'll leave that alone. Right. right. But as far as the professional challenges, based on Hondo's piece and what Derek Carr just said, and some of the the whispers coming out of there after you know a, a disastrous six and eleven season. It seems as though Derek Carr was poked and prodded a lot, a lot more than he had been in the past, and he was uncomfortable with that to an extent, and he let that impact his game on, on the field. Now, again, that's, this is not us criticizing Derek Carr. This is Derek Carr saying he didn't give the Raiders the best version of himself, and he said he won't allow that to happen again while he's with the Saints. He's moving on, turning the page and learning from that, from that lesson. But yeah. what I will say about this whole thing is, if you remember at the end of the season, I, I said one thing, and I stand by it today. I, I don't see how you could, regardless of how it ended between the Raiders and Derek Carr, you cannot paint Carr as the victim here. No. He was part of the problem. He just told right. you he was part of the problem. Now, he said he didn't handle the situation the way he should have, and he's learning from it. But for the people who painted Carr as his victim and they're doing Carr dirty, <laughs> this is, I, I shook my head and I said, did you not watch the football games? You know, right. I, I understand you may not like Josh McDaniels, but Derek Carr made a ton of mistakes. And 
Now he's telling you that, you know, basically certain things away from the football field impacted his game for, you know, right or wrong. No one's perfect. It happens to all of us where we, we don't give our best at certain times and he's admitting it. So for, for the people that used to paint him as the victim of being done dirty and oh they, they, you know, they, they didn't handle the situation. Great. You, you may not like the way they benched him in the last two weeks, but Derek Carr, as I said, saw the end coming. He knew that he wasn't playing at his best, and the mm-hmm. Rays were ready to move on. A breakup is never, hardly ever, two happy sides, unless both sides are ready to move on. Clearly, Derek Carr wasn't. And and that's just how it is in real life. When you when you have a breakup and one side isn't ready, you're going to have raw feelings. Yeah. And not only that, Mo, again, and he lost the one coach that I think managed him and developed a relationship with him based on his own personality. And I don't think he had that in any other coaches. Now he had a lot of coaches, but I don't think even Jack, Jack Del Rio was a tough guy. I mean, I know, I know Gruden came off that way, but the way that Gruden handled Carr and, and played to his personality and played to the need for personal connection, all that kind of stuff. That's a hard thing to lose. And so Derek Carr didn't react well to it. And I think that, you know, again, even and the end of it, and I stick by my criticism of him for not going to those last three games. I don't, I don't care. You know, some reports, well, that he he asked to, as we found out, and the team granted him permission. But again, you know, you finish strong, even when you're not in the situation you necessarily want to be in, you finish strong. So that's my only criticism I have here. But I give Derek Carr all the respect in the world for having come out and say this because it shows the kind of person he is. We've always said Derek Carr is a good guy and he's come out and he said, Hey, look, I own pieces of that. And to your point, he was no victim, including by the team giving away his number to another player after he left. Okay. There's no victimhood here. There is an end, a natural end of a relationship. If you remember Mo going back last season, about mid season, I said, maybe it's time for an amicable divorce. And, and, and it, didn't end up being as amicable as I thought it could be to your point. Why? Uh, but certainly it was a natural end. And I think Derek Carr, that's what he spoke to as he talked about that too. He was not into it. He lost the guy that he really wanted to play for and uh, the Raiders clearly wanted to move on. So it's, it's to me a little bit of a good ending and a chapter closing by having him come out and say that. And I think that we can move on too, talking about Derek Carr from this perspective because he's closed the loop. Right, he's basically he he he's referred back to his time with Rays, but basically he he kind of just gave you some insight on his mindset, yeah, in a in a in a trying rough year, and gave you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain about how his mindset was. Because to me, when he had that teary eye press conference, it was very different. He did say at the time that it was just a a, a just a boil up of nine years that that you know resulted in some emotion, but. Usually there's a tipping point, even mm. if it is a buildup of time when things happen, a person blows up like that. There's usually a tipping point. Something had happened. And I know they lost a football game, but they've lost plenty of football games with Tara Carr. There's a reason <laughs> this one was this one was was different. And, and it wasn't just about Jeff Saturday being an ESPN guy and, and being an interim head coach and, and beating the Raiders and having his only win which we found out at the end of the season was his only win uh, against a team this year as a head coach, as an interim. But I, I think it's just Derek Carr seeing into the future and thinking, wow, I may not be the Raiders quarterback in 2023, and I'm going to have to adjust to this. 
And it all happened after I, you know, I thought I was pretty set in my position. I'm, you know, getting inside the, the mindset of Derek Carr, but he's probably thinking, wow, I went from Gruden, who, who I felt safe and secure as one player said protected to mm. a guy who, who's, who's, you know, who could move on from me. I have a no trade clause, but they can let me go and save a lot of money. And, and that's, and that's exactly what happened. So, yeah. Yeah. I is. mean, they had a chance, they had an out and he gave them the perfect out because he didn't play well. So I think that that, that realization I'm sure hit him uh, in that Colts game and after. So, uh, but that's it. I mean, that it's a, it's a good to me, a good uh, way to close the chapter to understand and, you know, responsibility taken by the player uh, in addition to, of course, the team, uh, its role in it as well. All right. We're going to step aside for our break. When we come back, we'll roll on, we'll get up to speed on some other news in the NFL, including some, some national columnists writing about the Raiders and Harry having too much drama around the 2023 season. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today. Don't go anywhere.